You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. Sorry for the late show, but, um, you know, tired. <laughs> it's a late day. And, and for whatever reason, I think just because um, I'm an idiot, I got like three hours of sleep the night before, and it didn't even dawn on me, because I was like, nah, whatever, it's the weekend, I don't care, um, and then I was like, oh, shoot, I have to stay up till like 11 o'clock, so that's a, that was bad planning on my part, man, I'll tell you what, I, uh, I'm trying desperately to form a sort of macro opinion, you know, like an overarching, here's what I think, I don't, I can't do that right now. Maybe it'll come to me at some point. I just can't. Um, seeing some people melt down like, this is it. I'm finally done with the team. Some people are extremely encouraged. Um, I'm probably somewhere in between. But I, I, I just, it, there's also an element of certain things I, I don't know because it, it didn't really hit me in the moment as far as what, you know, Aaron Rodgers has been a major focus of uh of everything lately how did he do i i honestly couldn't tell you um i i I guess i guess we can start there just to kind of illustrate my confusion number one i don't think i mean i look at the stats i mean he had what 74 yards by by whatever okay but but part of the reason is because we ran the ball we didn't get away from it and it was the most dominant run performance I've seen from just about any team, much less from the Green Bay Packers ever. Which is what we've been begging them to do, and they finally did it. And lo and behold, it actually works. Go figure. By the way, all the excuses. Well, they're stacking the box. Don't care. Run the ball. Well, it's, you know, third and ten or third and seven. I don't care. Run the ball. Run the ball. Run the ball. Run the ball. Stop the excuses. Run the ball. We did, and it was successful, 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 successful. That is until, you know, critical moments like fourth and one, but whatever. It, 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 that's part of the reason for the stats, and it was a great thing, so I can't be mad about that. Also, the protection was garbage again. 
I had been, you know, I mean, I, first of all, Buffalo is a, a dominant defensive front, but I've been cautioning you about Zach Tom for a while and saying, you know, um, as I don't even know if I would say the self-appointed Zach Tom captain, because I've been backing away from that pretty much all year. Cause I just, I don't, I don't think he's ready. Um, I don't know. I, I, I've been kind of trying to get people to understand. I, I'm, I'm not positive <laughs> that this guy is where he needs to be. He got freaking destroyed yesterday. Um, every clip, just about, you know, 75% of the time Aaron Rodgers was getting hit. Um, you know, Zach Tom was, was the problem. However, some of those clips, Rodgers held the ball for plenty of time. You know, maybe it's the receiver's fault. Maybe it is. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't see. The, the other negative is all those great throws from Rodgers, and there were several, every single one of them that comes to my mind is an Aaron Rodgers type of play, not necessarily. In other words, it wasn't like Rodgers got away from playing the way that he likes to play and finally kind of eased into playing a different way. No, it was all hero ball. It was all launching 50-50 balls to your buddies, and it just happened to work out a little better because Romeo Dobbs was playing out of his mind. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have really an opinion on Rodgers. It seemed to be pretty solid as far as the accuracy. I have no, no idea what the... Can you stop, Discord? You're driving me crazy. Um, the, the accuracy is fine. I have no idea about decision-making because I couldn't see the rest of the field. Um, I'd have to go back and look at timing. You know, I mean, if he got sacked, we immediate, anytime he gets sacked or pressured or hit or whatever, immediately the offensive line is blamed. But if it's three seconds into the play, can't really blame the offensive line at that point. We do anyways, cause it's like, Oh, here we go again. But nah, not really, not really how that works. Um, you know, even the offensive line, what do you, what do you say about the offensive? Well, they sucked. Well, that was the most dominant rushing performance I've ever seen. And no, it's not just because Aaron Jones played out of his mind and, and A.J. Dillon had his best game of the year. The offensive line blocked their you-know-what's off. Again, I don't know if it was miscommunications or just getting whooped. From what I can tell, it was pretty straightforward blocking assignments that everybody understood. They just lost. That's what it seemed like. Receivers, I don't really have too much of an opinion because, again, I can't see what they're doing. I don't know if they're getting open and not getting the ball or what the situation is, but I will say again, Romeo Dobbs, even though I don't necessarily see him getting open a ton, I mean, Rodgers did miss him on that one deep shot, and of course Rodgers was angry with him again for whatever reason, I don't know, but he's open and the ball is massively underthrown. But the two catches, I'm sure you understand what I'm talking about, the touchdown catch and then the other uh, big catch down the left sideline, those are major trust-building catches. Um, Samori Ture. I'm sure we're going to massively overhype Samori Ture because, you know, a big portion of the fan base has been screaming that he is the answer. He is clearly better than most of these guys. He's better than da 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 Then he comes out and he makes a really intelligent play, which is what seems like we've been missing. So people are going to connect those two dots and say that he needs to be our guy moving forward. I, I would look at it and go, dude, it's one play. You know what I mean? I mean, he, he just remembered what he's supposed to do once, which is awesome. And it resulted in a huge play that ended up also being a touchdown, huge in terms of yardage and a touchdown. 
So I'm, I'm not against Samori. It's just I just feel like we're doing this thing where one guy does one thing one time well, and everybody's like, this is the answer. We found the Messiah. <laughs> we do that way too much. Again, Zach Tom. Like, do we know? What did I say the other day? I, I Maybe he's okay, but I know significantly less about Zach Tom than I did about Elton Jenkins, and look where Elton Jenkins is right now. Christian Watson's hurt again, and, I, it, you know, I'll out myself here as being a terrible person. When he got hurt, my first thought wasn't, oh, no, I hope he's okay. My first thought was, man, this freaking guy, I swear. It's not even his fault. It was a concussion. He got hit in the head, but, but still, it's like, we can't, we, we, this just isn't going to be a thing, is it? Also, the, the realization hit me that speed is a, a definite negative because when you get hit anywhere, going as fast as he moves, and dude, that guy is freaking fast. As soon as he took that and ran, it's like, holy cow, that is just different speed. But then as soon as, every time he gets hit, too, moving at that speed, it's like, oh, that really looks painful. Which is probably a big part of the reason why I'm kind of not on board with the whole kick return thing, if and when the guy ever comes back. Because it's like, man... They talk about uh, football players, you know, Donald Driver had that commercial that it's like getting into a car accident at so-and-so miles an hour when you get hit on the field. That guy's getting hit by a freight train every single time. Um, Other individual assessments, obviously the running backs look great. Aaron Jones is still the guy, um, you know, again, it's so much, like everything that's good is bad, everything that's bad is good. I can't complain about anything without getting excited about something else or, or get excited about anything without complaining about something else. It upsets me that it took us this long to figure out the, the need to run the ball and, and just how good Aaron Jones really is and, and just how, how good of a game plan that is. The passing opened up once we ran and were able to tire out their defense and take control of the clock. We started charging back. I mean, how many games could we have won if we had just, I'm not talking about running quite as much as we did necessarily, but just simply we're going to control the clock. We're going to beat this defense into the ground. And rather than being the the team that completely collapses in the fourth quarter, we're going to be the team that comes back. We're going to be the team that's full of energy and, and, you know, taking it to their defense and getting the momentum in our direction while our defense charges up and gets back out there and gets a stop as opposed to getting embarrassed. I'm also upset that our offense finally showed a little bit of fight. It wasn't great. I mean, it, it was far too many, like, come on, man, you got to get over the hump. You know, we, we, we end up getting that, felt like, as much as I'm upset with the defense, every time they got a critical stop, the offense did nothing. When they got a turnover, we got nothing. You know, and so you look at it, and it's like, we get the ball back, and it's like, man, if we had just gotten three points out of that turnover, if we had just gotten anything, you know, we'd have an opportunity to be coming back, but it's like, we get all excited about, man, the offense looks good, offense looks good. You punted. What's it all worth if, if it's a turnover on downs? What, am I supposed to feel good about that? The goal is to drive down the field and score. Well, we got a bunch of first downs, and look how good the run game is. Bah, 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 bah. You got nothing out of it. It's also frustrating that the first game the offense doesn't quit, it feels like the defense does. I know, I know Buffalo is good, but I'm, you know, it's, it's beyond that. You know, uh, I've been commenting on how Dean Lowry's been having a, a sneaky good year, and he does a good job. You know, he can even take on double teams, and, you know, he's got a, a player to a game where he kind of gets blown up, and maybe one of those two times the play is directly at him, and it's just a disaster. But felt like every big run play, he's just on his face. You know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just exhausted with the imploding. I, I mean, I, and I'll even grant you that, 
you know, the Bills are the better team, and, and there's no reason to expect to have won that game. And we should just take the positives and run. But man, if we could just get a clean game so that I could sit here and just say, you know, they did the absolute best they could. They fought as best as they could. But I can't really say that because there's too many things that you can look at and go, hmm. They went from giving like 50% to giving 75% maybe. But the defensive line collapses. That's been one of the few things that actually looks good on this defense. And they're just like, there's nothing there. Pass rush was mostly non-existent. But when it did get there, they couldn't bring down Josh Allen. And again, we could go with the excuses of, well, I mean, it's Josh Allen. You see how big he is? You saying he's never been sacked this year? I'm just, I'm, I'm sick of the excuses. You got a free shot at a quarterback. I don't care if he's 6'5", 230. You tackle him. Well, you never had to tackle a big running back? Hopefully we never see Derrick Henry again, because apparently it's impossible to tackle the guy. And then when we do get pressure on top of it, even if we don't get him down, we can't even get there in time, because what happened? We got guys running wide open down the middle of the field again. And again, well, did you notice we didn't have any linebackers? Again, excuses. Beyond that, why didn't we have any linebackers? Because one of our linebackers decided to shove a guy. Now, is it a stupid penalty and were the refs screwing us all night? Yeah, in my opinion, they were. And I, I hate to complain about the refs because I think it's stupid, but it was beyond frustrating to watch that game. How do you eject a guy for shoving, you know, they, they thought it was a coach. It was not a coach. I'm guessing that was the basis of the ejection. Maybe they would have done it anyways because he's not even a player. You can't shove people on the side. I don't know. But, it, but it, it's because Quave did something stupid. It's a big part of the reason. And beyond that, I don't know that that fixes anything. And beyond that, even, even so, Joe Barry, here's the situation. What are we going to do about it? I don't know, man. Let's revert back to that old thing where we give up the middle of the field every play. And it just neutralizes our pass rush. And I, I'm just sitting there watching the game thinking, why do we even have Rashawn Gary? What's the point? Rashawn is getting there over and over and over and over and over. And I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't have a pressure all game because by the time he gets there, the ball's out and there's a guy wide open. So what? what is the point? Preston, I thought, had another phenomenal game in terms of his run defense. It was very reminiscent of last year. I mean, he, he just single-handedly shut down every, every run play that got shut down. It seemed like it was Preston, which is both positive and negative because he's the only guy doing anything. I didn't really notice Kenny Clark the entire game. I have a feeling this is going to be a very negative game for uh, the defensive linemen, for the linebackers which is another thing. You can blame the linebackers not being there, but were they really just tearing it up when, this, when they were both on the field? I doubt it. It's kind of hard to get gashed every single run play and assume that the linebackers are just killing it. Corners, I mean, Jair locked down his guy for the most part, as far as I could tell. The problem is, Razul Douglas really struggled with Stephon Diggs. And, and already I'm hearing, well, Joe Barry's an idiot for not putting Jair on Stefan Diggs all day. Didn't we just try that experiment and have failed miserably? He had his opportunity to prove that, that we should just completely abandon the entire scheme that Joe Barry was brought in in order so that Jair can follow the, the best guy, and he failed to a wide receiver that's significantly worse than Stefan Diggs. So yeah, Joe said, sorry, we're going back to the way we play, and, and that fails too, but I, I don't know. Should we be encouraged? Not really. I mean, you, you, you can be, but it's, are we saying that certain things got better while certain things got worse and maybe overall will improve? But yeah, but improve to what? A team that maybe can beat Washington? There's certainly not a team that's, well, it's not a team that beats Buffalo. It's probably not a team that beats the Eagles or Dallas, the Chiefs. 
any of the top teams, but but yeah, maybe we can compete now with the middling teams. Like what what is the big step we took? Are are we a passing? No, we still can't pass the ball. We can't block. We can't pass. We're very good at running, although this was uncharacteristically good. I, I I'm positive, you know, next week we're going to come out try to do that same thing where we run the ball, and that's not going to work, and we'll be like, oh shoot, now what do we do? Because it's because we're not consistent with anything. Every time we think we've got this thing that's just dominant, the next week it gets taken away. We've seen that with the run game, you know myself included, sitting there saying, we need to be running, 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 running. And that's, you know, the, we can't run the ball to save our lives. Aaron Jones gets, you know, two yards of carry. And we get away from it and we try to pass and we can't pass. I mean, what, what is the big thing we did this week that we've been waiting for that was critical, right? Less mistakes is a major one. Did we do that? No, we made a, we made a ton of mistakes. Penalties alone were massive. I would be pretty surprised to find out we had less than double digit mistakes again. Did we fix the passing game? Is Aaron Rodgers fixed and better, which is maybe the number two thing? I don't think so. Where did we get better as a team? The only thing I saw was fight, and that's awesome. But where do we stand with that now that we just lost? It's one thing to come into the game all motivated, like we can do this, we got this, they're all fired up, they're, they're hyped up, they're, they're talking crap. You know, the Packers are playing with fire, kind of. I mean, you know, they're, they're going forward on fourth and they're doing all this crazy stuff. And it's like, hey, this is, even though they didn't convert or whatever, I'm still looking at this saying, this is what we said we needed to see from the Packers. We need to see aggression. We need to see that this is the Super Bowl, you know, and then, you know, third and 13 or whatever, we run the ball. And it's like, well, I guess we're, we're simultaneously trying really, really hard and also kind of just quitting. I don't know. But that, that's, that's really the only thing that I saw was the fight and um, continuing to, to strive. And, and again, I don't know that that was necessarily a mentality as much as it was just good play calling. Their defense was tired, and our offense took advantage of that. But again, even if we said, well, they, they've got this new energy and new, okay, but then they just lost, and they fell four in a row. So are they going to be able to carry that into next week? Or was this sort of a temporary, we're going to get fired up, we're going to show the world that doesn't really hold up because we lost, and now I'm done buying in again. So it really wasn't the worst experience. Um, that was probably the most comfortable I've been watching a Packer game in a long time. Unfortunately, they kept sucking me back in. I mean, when the game first started, I, it was the first time I sat down and watched a game and I had no anxiety. I don't remember that in a very long time, if ever. I just didn't. I, I had no anxiety about the game. I was just going to sit and watch it. Um, and then they started giving me hope. And then I started getting anxious and I started getting upset and riled up and everything and whatever. They sucked me in. But, you know, again, getting kind of zooming back out. What, as we reassess the team, has changed? Have we learned? I don't really think much changed. And again, at, at best, you can say they're, they're, they're playing better. They, they put up a fight against the Buffalo. I mean, if you look at the score that we had against Buffalo, I don't know that that's true. I mean, did, did we do better against Buffalo than most teams? No, I would say we did worse against Buffalo than most teams. So that's pretty par for the course if you think that the team is worse. I mean, we lost by 10. We didn't get to 20 points, and they scored 27. Last week, it was 24 to 20. That's a four-point win. Against Baltimore, it was a three-point win. They lost to Miami. So, you know, I mean, again, as, as I said, in the last four weeks, they had one real big blowout, 38-3 against Pittsburgh. Otherwise, it's been pretty close games, including a loss. So, you know, if every week they were beating a team 40 to, to 3, yeah, you could take that as a moral victory. Hey, at least we didn't lose as bad as everybody else, but that's not the reality. 
it really was never that close. I think we had opportunities we didn't take advantage of, and this maybe could have, would have, should have been closer. And yeah, I'll, I'll complain about the refs a little bit. Beyond annoyed, I mean, you know, the, the amount of holding calls alone, and, and, and to see holding, 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 holding against our guy, and then to see them finally throw a flag and say, finally, holding, thank you. And then what do they say? Illegal hands to the face, defense. Like, I can't do this, dude. I can't freaking do this. And there's like a half a second where the guy's hand drifts up to his face and it has no impact on the play whatsoever. And it's like, you guys, I, this is insane to me. This is absolutely insane that this is happening. The amount of times that the penalties were critical and, and kept them on the field, it's like, come on. You know, even the touchdown they erased, like, I, I get it, but the heck is the guy supposed to do? I mean, were they not five yards down the field? What happened to illegal contact? I mean, if I have to push you so that I can run my route because you're standing in my chest trying to find a replay on Twitter because that's just a treasure trove. I guess nobody really wants to <laughs> Nobody wants to do that. I did, however, see somebody post a video of Eric Stokes getting called for um, illegal contact for I mean, again, it was he, had, he made contact immediately off the line. I don't know, man. It, it, it doesn't matter. I, I, I get it. You can't shove a guy to the ground and, and not expect a penalty. That's not even the main crux of it. It's just <laughs> if the guy didn't fall down, it probably wouldn't have been a penalty, right? I mean, honestly, if, if, if there's hand fighting and a stronger person pushes and, and gets free, that's not going to get called. It's the fact that he pushed him so hard he fell over. I don't know. It, 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 whatever. Oh, look at that. I... I typed it in, I guess because I typed in Tunyon, Robert Griffin III had a, had a uh, clip of it, and he says, this is not pass interference. First of all, if you think that, because I, I, I was looking through the comments, and people are like, sorry, that's within five yards, you can do that. If you think that's five yards, you're out of your mind. Actually, it might be. He, he traveled more than that, but I think he's off the line. I went back and looked at it. It said we were at the 10-yard line. Contact is like right at the 15-yard line. He traveled an additional two to three yards because he was off the line. But anyways, doesn't matter. I'm not going to sit here and worry about this. Actually, I do have one more thought. Next time, and by the way, if I'm Matt LaFleur, I'm pretty upset with the refs on this, but next time I'm going to ask for clarification and just say, so what he should have done is not use his hands to try to separate at all, because that's really all he did is to try to push through as the DB's got his hands on him. Turn and just run as though he just keep your hands at your sides and turn and run and, and hope for a defensive holding. Is that it? I guess, again, I, again, I get it. You can't push a guy to the ground. But he's fighting through contact, which apparently is allowed inside of five yards. That's what we're saying, right? He's allowed to initiate contact. But the offense has no recourse within five yards. Like, you just got to take it. You can't try to fight through contact or it's a penalty. It's offensive pass interference. I don't know. It's weird. I don't know the rules. Anyways, um, I guess, why don't we take a break here? Um, I want to go through some of the specific stats and whatnot and uh, hit on a couple other things, but I want to get the break out of the way. Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy if you'd like to support the podcast. You got one more day to be an October supporter. Not that that necessarily means anything, but I just figured I'd bring it up. Or tomorrow, you could be a November supporter, you know? Whichever one kind of suits your style. It's up to you. Furrowground Ranch Discipleship Ministry. You can uh, see more about what it is they do there and support them at furrowgroundranch.org. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. 
So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, so let's rip through some of these statistics just so we know what it is we're talking about. Rodgers was 19 of 30 for 203 yards, which is pretty staggering considering what he, what did he come out of the half with 73 yards or something like that? Uh, 6.8 yards per attempt, two touchdowns, and a pick. Was sacked only twice in this game, as much as it seemed like it was 10 times. It was twice. Josh Allen was actually sacked as many times as Rodgers was. 91.4 passer rating. Josh Allen had a 75.1 passer rating. I guess when you have two interceptions, but that's pretty shocking. Josh Allen was 13 of 25 for 218 yards, two touchdowns, two picks, and a 75.1 passer rating. I I need to start doing stats in the beginning of the game because it's like, what the heck is that? That's not the game I watched. I know that. I guess mostly with his legs he carved us up. I have no idea. Didn't throw a lot of yards, only two touchdowns, two picks. Anyways, uh, Aaron Jones finally got 20 carries, uh, which is a lot for Aaron Jones at any point in his career, and he got 143 yards, 7.2 yards per carry. A.J. Dillon, seven, uh, let's see, 10 carries, 54 yards, 5.4 yards per attempt. Uh, Both of them had really long runs. A.J. Dillon, 27 yards. Aaron Jones, 32 yards. Long story short, that worked really well. Um, Their running backs, as much as it seemed like we got gashed, and we kind of did, it was, again, mostly Josh Allen. Devin Singletary, 4.8 yards per attempt, which is a lot. Well, I guess James Cook had seven. Never mind. I thought it was ranked in order. He only had five carries, but when you got one guy carrying five times for seven yards per carry, one getting almost five yards per carry, that's pretty bad. I'm not going to I'm not gonna try to put a positive spin on that. Never mind. Scratch that plan. <laughs> uh, receiving. Romeo Dobbs, number one, seven targets, four receptions, 62 yards, and a Tutty, 26 yards was the longest. Robert Tunyon, again, a prominent receiver for the group. Six targets, five receptions, only 35 yards, mostly little dump-off passes, but did have a 15-yard pass mixed in. 
Then you had Aaron Jones with five targets, four receptions, 14 yards. Um, seven yards was his longest. Then you had Samori Ture, four targets, one reception. I don't even remember the other two. I, we, I must have just not even noticed him, I guess. But uh, I, I remember the big play that hit the ground, which I was annoyed because it's like they're taking a long time to get up to the line of scrimmage as we're sitting here watching this replay hit the ground like time after time. Like, are they, they're snapping the ball, right? And then the refs come back and they're like, after further discussion, we've decided we changed our mind. Like, did you not even allow the next play to happen because you guys wanted to talk about it for a minute? That's just weird. I don't understand. Like, I, I'm not going to complain. Like, we should have been allowed to get away with the wrong call, but I mean, kind of. <laughs> a little bit, kind of, maybe. But 37 yards and a touchdown on his one reception. Then we had some uh, single digits. A.J. Dillon, one target, one reception, nine yards. Christian Watson, one target, one reception, 12 yards, and then got hurt. Josiah, one target, one reception, nine. He got his one token reception, which, again, I think is a pretty solid thing. Sammy Watkins, one target, one reception, three yards. So that's not helpful. Defensively, we didn't really have a tackle leader, probably because our linebackers went out. But Razul Douglas, Quay Walker, Preston Smith, Adrian Amos, all with five tackles on the day. Uh, Razul Douglas with a sack and Eric Wilson with a sack, if you wanted to know. I don't even remember Eric Wilson getting a sack. I remember him once breaking into the backfield and not getting a sack. Very clearly remember that. He basically got pushed right into Josh Allen and um, didn't really even attempt to tackle him. But I guess uh, I guess the next time he came in and did it, and crushed, I don't know. I guess when I get into negative mode, I don't even see positive stuff. I do remember the Razul one now that I think about it. Um, tackles for a loss, Eric Wilson, Preston Smith, and Kingsley with two. Forced fumble from Quay Walker. Interceptions, Razul Douglas and Jair Alexander. I think Jair had a good day. I don't know. You can complain about um, him not following a guy. I'm kind of over that whole thing. Again, we, we tried it. It didn't work. Maybe we should stick with it. Maybe we shouldn't. I don't know. I don't care. I, the bottom line is he came in with an attitude. He played with swagger. I think he played a phenomenal game, um, and I'm happy about that. I'm not going to find a reason to complain about that. Um, and then pass deflections, my goodness. Razul had one. Rashawn Gary had one. Jair had four pass deflections and a pick. You know, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I said coming into this game, I, I think maybe I, I don't know if I said it on Twitter or on the podcast, but I had made the comment that if we have to lose and one positive thing happens, oh, it was on Twitter because Stephon Diggs was running his mouth. I wanted Jair to shut down Stephon Diggs. Now, he technically didn't do that. I'm sure he went up against him a couple times. But um, still, I kind of halfway got my wish because Jair was potentially the star of the game. Uh, Keyshawn Nixon, four returns for 67 yards. Of course, his longest was taken back. Um, I stand by what I said. I mean, I'm, I'm... I'm still hesitant, just like with, you know, Zach Tom and, and uh, who else, Samori Ture, just because he's never really been a good kick returner. But again, when you watch him, it's like, this dude is everything I've always wanted. He, he's got that kind of speed and decisiveness and burst that I forgot you were even allowed to do on special teams. And uh, it just feels like he's bound to break one, and he did. And of course, it came back. I even said as soon as that penalty flag hit, I said, whoever that penalty is on, I want him off the team. So I'm hopeful. I was going to say no offense to Ennis Gaines, but I mean, let's be honest, this is with full offense intended. Um, I'm hopeful that he is off the team. 
because I am I was so ticked off and still am about every freaking time we do a good thing it it just we can't we can't have nice things ever ever especially on kick return every single time we've had a, a moderately good kick return it always comes back due to penalty well do you think maybe the penalty's right there was a good no I don't no I don't I don't know about this particular play I don't think they showed the replay but I almost never see a hold in those situations that is worth it. Same with offense, right? There's a big run, and it comes back to it holding, and you're like, oh, well, maybe that's why. Nope, it's not. Somebody just decided as somebody was trying to turn around that they're going to grab their shoulder pads even though they were already past them and they couldn't have turned around and done anything. It was completely unnecessary. I just am so tired of it. And this, this is the, the mental mistakes thing. Freaking Innis gains, man. Stop grabbing people. Block better so you don't have to grab them. You're not going to get away with it. Can we can we just establish that from now on? The, the refs are not letting the Packers get away with anything. You can't get away with it. They're going to call you. Do not grab people. Well, then he's going to tackle them, so let him tackle them. At least we don't have to start at the five-freaking-yard line. That's the other part about that that sucks. Like, yeah, we got great field position, and that was a great return. And then, you know, at the spot of the foul, we lose 10 yards. So it's like, oh, here you go. Here's the ball on the five or six or whatever it is. Like, come on, I can't do this, dude. By the way, next-gen stats, fastest, second fastest ball carrier of the week was Keyshawn Nixon on that kick return. It wasn't blazing fast. It was like 20 miles an hour, but still pretty awesome. Uh, Amari, one punt return for three yards. I'll take it. It's all I've ever wanted from Amari. Just catch it, and if you can fall forward, that would be ideal. Mason, one of two, he missed his long field goal, which sucks because I really don't think it was his fault. I, I remember as he was setting up thinking he's got this, like 100% he's got this, because it just felt like the team was actually playing fairly well, like things were kind of clicking. And I just couldn't imagine the one guy that just doesn't have his act together is is Mason. You know, like it just, if this is going to be a game where we kind of fight and battle and, and show some heart, like, Mason's not going to be that guy, right? And then right before the snap happened, I thought, well, the one caveat to that is if if the, the snap and hold suck, then that could be a situation. And as soon as I saw that ball hit the ground and, and Pat try to fumble around to try to get it back up, I'm thinking, well, that sucks because he's 100% missing that. Because at 55 yards, a botched snap is, is I mean, you're, you're dead in the water. So that is what happened there. Pat O'Donnell, two punts, 89 yards, 44 and a half average, none inside the 20, as longest was 46. Looking at their recap of the game, PFF I'm talking about, um, some negative stuff. They're highlighting how great the Buffalo Bills are. Um, Buffalo Bills entered week eight, averaging an incredible 7.3 yards per play under pressure, over two yards more than any team in the NFL, but against the Packers, 11.6 yards per play while under pressure. That is a staple of the Green Bay Packers defense. Give up big plays while we get pressure. This is what I've been complaining about all year. Rashawn Gary's in a guy's face, and there is somebody that is so unbelievably wide open across the middle of the field that he could be 75 way, 75% of the way to the ground, the quarterback, I mean, as he's being hit, and he could still throw that ball to him and, and get it completed because there is nobody there. They averaged 11.6 yards per play while under pressure. I'm sure some of those quarterback scrambles when we failed to tackle the quarterback in the backfield contribute to that as well. Josh Allen was 6 of 12 for 166 yards and two touchdowns while under pressure. So both of those touchdowns came while he was under pressure. So that's great. 
While Allen did throw a couple of interceptions and turnover-worthy plays, his two big-time throws under duress were key in Buffalo's victory. Defensive spotlight Jair Alexander uh, heard a few choice words from the Bills receiving court tonight, but the all-pro corner dished out his fair share and backed it up with his play on the field. Alexander saw five targets in coverage, didn't allow a single catch, forced three incompletions, and one interception. However, that still wasn't enough for Green Bay. Cornerback Razul Douglas allowed his first four targets to be caught for 93 yards and a touchdown before coming up with an interception a bit too late in the game in the fourth quarter. Isn't that the truth? We do have some positive news here about Zach Tom, though. Packers rookie offensive lineman Zach Tom got the start at left guard, and he had a rocky first series, allowing a sack and a hit over his first six pass-blocking snaps. After that, the Wake Forest product pitched a clean game with no more pressures allowed. I'll take it. Nice. So he kind of got whooped and then cleaned it up, which I guess kind of makes sense because the offense really picked it up in the second half. I mean, I can't speak for the entire offensive line, but maybe the lack of consistent pressure kind of helped things a bit. Goes on to say uh, Packers rookie wide receiver Romeo Dobbs had two of the best grabs of the night in contested scenarios, one being a deep touchdown. Uh, Offensive line spotlight, they talk about the Bills for a minute, and then the second blurb says... Green Bay star left tackle David Bakhtiari is starting to return to top-tier form. He was the lone Packers lineman with zero... Dude, that ain't even true. Zero pressures allowed against Buffalo on first review. I specifically remember. I mean, maybe maybe it was one of those where he held the ball too long or something, or the ball was out and he got creamed, but I specifically remember a guy getting around. I think it might have been after that kickoff, because that was near the goal line. I'm pretty sure. But Rodgers got absolutely creamed, and and when they go back and show the replay, it's somebody just getting right around David Bakhtiari. But whatever. Apparently, he had a a great day. A couple of the notes from the game that I saw just perusing Twitter and things that happened. Uh, Quay Walker commented on being ejected, basically said he he messed up, he misunderstood being pushed, and thought he was somebody was pushing him, and that wasn't really the case. And he reacted, and he actually started tearing up as he was apologizing, saying that he regrets it and is going to have to live with that decision, which is good to see. I mean, he understands the severity of, of leaving his team out to dry and took it pretty hard. Here's a fun little nugget for you via Matt Schneidman. Bills had the NFL's number one run defense, allowing only 76.2 yards per game on the ground through seven games. Packers ran for 208 yards on 31 carries. It's funny to me that the Packers are turning into the Bears. And it's also sad that it feels like we're trying to catch up to being as good as the Bears, but that's a separate issue. It's like we're trying to do what the Bears are doing, just, you know, not quite as good as they do it, obviously, because, I mean, they're obviously they're a great offensive team and we just can't play off. I, I don't know what universe we're living in, but if nothing else, the Bears are a team that just dominates on the ground. Can I just comment on the Bears thing, by the way? And, 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 and I, I mean this with sincerity as much as it makes me sick to my stomach. The Bears are doing a fantastic job. And Luke Getze is doing a fantastic job of actually implementing what the Shanahan Lafleur scheme looks like. The misdirection they're utilizing that to to help their offensive line to create massive amounts of misdirection. And by the way, you can see why these guys like speed at quarterback. I mean, there's a reason that the 49ers, despite Trey Lance being a terrible quarterback, went out and got Trey Lance. When you look at the amount of misdirection that that is supposed to be employed with this style of offense. And then add in the quarterback also could take off and run. It, it's hard. I mean, you look at the Bears, and it's it's not necessarily, and I'm sure Bears fans will disagree, but it's not necessarily that you got this elite talent just running all over the field doing stuff. It's just the defense has to choose between lose or losing. 
And so they're running the ball unbelievably well. And then play action is all set up where they're biting on the run. But even if some guys don't bite on the run, there's two additional passing options. You got one guy screaming across the field one way, so that linebacker's confused and going the wrong way. And then you got the quarterback rolling out to the left with another couple receivers off to that side. So he's got two throwing options. And I'm sure there's at least one defender who has a couple deci- has to make a decision on one of two guys, whether I go and get Justin Fields or do I cover this guy. And if I cover that guy, Justin Fields is going to take off for 20 yards. And if I don't cover him and try to get Fields, if I can even tackle him, he's going to throw to the open guy. You, you can't win. That's how the offense is supposed to be executed. But anyways, uh, did not expect to be jealous of the Bears offense. You know, two weeks ago, the Bears offense was the worst I've ever seen in my life. But anyways, um, you know, at least we're running the ball and all that. That was the first step for them. We can't do anything but run, but hey, at least we can run. And then it's like, hey, wonder if we try to pass as a way to like build off of the running. And then they did that and that's successful. So who knows? Maybe this is this is a this is the turning point. Probably. But yeah, if you look at the Bills, um only once have they allowed more than a hundred yards rushing in a game, which is incredible. Miami ran for forty one yards. The Rams also, you know, Shanahan y kind of thing. 52 yards, the Steelers 54 yards, the Chiefs 68, which kind of makes sense. They're not a huge running team. Tennessee ran for 80. That is a big running team. Baltimore, which is like, you know, aside from maybe the Eagles, the running team in the NFL, got 162 rushing yards, and the Packers 208. That is that is great. We are now the 10th best rushing team in the NFL, so that's great. We're the 26th ranked offense, so, you know, whatever. Man, do you know how painful that is? That sucks. 26th ranked offense. When's the last time we were the 26th ranked? I got to find out in the last time we ranked 26th. 1988. <laughs> it's so crazy that it's like, I keep thinking, well, you know, maybe it was like 2015. That kind of sucked. Or how about the year that Rodgers didn't even play the entire year? Like that was probably it, right? Remember when Brett Hundley was our quarterback like the entire time? It's got to be that for sure. No, we were a, we were we were better then. <laughs> That's not possible. We were so bad. We were so bad. Right now, out of 108 seasons, 100 excuse me, 102 seasons for the Green Bay Packers, through eight weeks, the Green Bay Packers currently rank 71st in terms of how many points they've scored. There, you got to understand we're competing with teams in the 20s. If we just look at Super Bowl era. Out of 57 seasons, we rank 44th right now. 44th. There are how many games here? I'm seeing one, two seasons in the 90s that were worse. 44th place. We've scored 145 points. That 2006 season keeps propping, cropping up. That's the year that Favre was, Favre was just done. Right? Terrible season, end of Favre's career, whatever. This is worse than that. We scored 162 points. The Brett Hundley year, 2017, that ranked 26th. We had scored 181 points. Well, far you know, Rodgers had played the first couple of weeks, so that's not fair. Okay, well, whatever. It's a pretty massive gap. By the way, <laughs> we won the first week 17 to 9. Then we lost to Atlanta 23 to 34, then 27 to 24 in overtime. Then we had two games at 35 points. So, yeah, I mean, there, I guess there were a couple, couple 35ers in there. But the first three weeks were kind of crappy anyways. 
But yeah, that was a better season. 2018, ranked 22nd, 192 points through eight weeks. Do you remember how bad the 6-9 and nine Joe Philbin Green Bay Packers were? Remember when Joe Philbin was our head coach <laughs> for a while? Do you know how bad this team was? 2018, gross. 6-9-1 that year. Significantly better as far as the offense is concerned. All the while, I'm looking at 2020 as the second best in Green Bay Packers history. Man, two years is a long time ago. And again, the, well, I mean, it's a different season for defenses are winning. Do we rank 26th? Okay. I just told you this is the worst we've ranked. And I'm, that's, that means compared to other teams that are also in this season where defenses are supposedly better, among all those teams, we're 26th. The teams that are facing the same defense as we are. And the last time we were this bad compared to the rest of the league was 88. I will say this if there needs to be a positive. As much, you know, everybody hates Joe Barry. Everybody's mad at Joe Barry. But, but at the same time, the one thing everybody's been begging for happened. What is the one? I know there's a lot of things, but think real hard. If there has to be one recurring theme, one, one overarching annoyance with the team is the lack of adjustments, right? Again, I don't know if the, the halftime adjustment things is, is a thing necessarily, but you know, they allowed three straight touchdowns. That's what the defense did. And it, it, in, in the course of what felt like five minutes, they went up 21 points, which is brutal. But they only gave up seven points in the entire second half. Preston even came out and said, you know, we, we fixed our mistakes. We made some adjustments, cleaned up our rush lanes, and, and didn't allow them to, to gash us in the run. And, you know, it fixed stuff. Razul Douglas talked about it. Here's what Razul had to say. What did you feel about your team's performance in the second half? How did it differ from the first half? Yeah, I, I felt like we, we came to play the second half, but we got to do that the first half. I feel like that's been us the whole season where we play one half and don't play the other, don't show up the next half. Like, we've been up on teams and then lose. We've been down and find a way to come back, and it's just like we got to be able to put it together where we play uh, two halves, not just one. Obviously, today, the takeaway margin something you won. Matt LaFleur's squads have been 30-0 when winning the turnover margin before today, but the margin against the Bills, a little different than the margin against the average NFL team, right? Yeah. What was the margin today, if you don't mind? Two, two, two. to one. They, they had, had one? The two takeaways. I thought they, they had, had the tip pass Rodgers. Yeah, it happens. We got we to gotta create more. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, we still got to create more turnovers to get the ball back to the offense because they're – some, at some moments, they struggle, so they need extra possessions, and we got to be able to, to give that to them. Is there anything you can pinpoint with the penalties today, and do you agree with them? I know the last few weeks during the streak of losses, seven, seven, nine, eight today. I don't know. I feel like we playing football. It's the National League. It's the, these are the best players against the best player. It's going to get chippy. It's going to be a little holding this stuff. Sometimes you just got to let them play. It's, it's, the, it's the league. Like, you know what I'm saying? This, this is the top of the top. You can't call it like this no middle school game or no high school game. This is big right here, you know what I'm saying? So you got to call it like that. Let people play. As long as it ain't a, egregious, where it's like, all right, he can't make that play because you grabbing him or you holding him. It's like, all right, you know? But When you look at the performance overall, there are no moral victories in the league, but, but how does this feel compared to, say, some of the other weeks in recent memory? I mean, we, we see we got good things. I, mean, I think we can build off this playing against one of the best teams in, in the league and how we, uh, we came out and, and played. 
I think we definitely can build on this uh, when we come together on Monday or Tuesday, whatever day we come, and just put some more pieces together and find a way to win. Right. I definitely think winning is, is coming soon. So I, I like what Razul said because it's sort of all-encompassing, you know, as opposed to one little snippet here. He kind of covered it from, from end to end. Um, kind of going from the end backwards, talks about, you know, we, we've got good things and winning is coming. Now, maybe that's just positive talk because that's what they're told they're supposed to do. But it, but it is, in a sense, hard to disagree with. It's hard to continue to say they just aren't good enough when you can shut down the Bills in the second half. And you look at it and go, oh, yeah, we just kind of kind of fell asleep there for a minute and they ran up and scored 21 points. So what we got to do is not necessarily not be garbage. We just need to, you know, play consistently for four quarters. And that's true. The, the, the point is, if they can just play four quarters, it's a good defense. But they're not. So it kind of brings you back to the issue all year, which is, are they going to turn it around? I have no idea. I know they're capable of it. Do I trust that they will? I have no real reason to, or, or reason not to, for that matter. I don't know. But it, it seems like even for the players, it's kind of staring them in the face. And, and, and I'll be honest, my favorite part of the whole thing, although this was supposed to be about you know the defense and kind of turning things around the second half and whatnot, favorite part was about the penalties. Because 100%, I'm in, I'm in 100% agreement with that, that let guys play unless it's very clearly, obviously, the reason the play either worked or didn't work. That should be the standard. The only reason that play worked is because of that. And I've said that with, with some of the holdings on uh, you know pass rushers and stuff. If there's a holding away from the play, I don't care. Didn't impact the play. If there's a, a slight tug here or there or whatever, so what? It's the problem I have with this whole illegal contact thing. It's so ticky-tack. You know, like, well, there's, there's some contact. Like, so what? Like, we already have pass interference, right? We already have defensive holding. Why do we have to create a whole new category of, like, getting in the guy's way? Kind of touching him a little bit. That's what that penalty is. You're kind of touching him a little bit. Past the five-yard line or past five yards. So? Well, then he can't run his route. So? I thought that, I mean, again, I'm not talking about grabbing and tugging and pulling and holding, but we, we already have that. We have pass interference. We have defensive holding. If you can't fight through contact to get open, I mean, that's that used to be an asset for a wide receiver. I mean, we, we, we need to change now. You know, GMs are going to have to look at these penalties and reassess what they look for in wide receiver. You know, getting these big guys that can fight through contact, you don't need that anymore. It's a waste because the refs will do that for you. If there's contact not letting you get down the field, they'll throw a flag for it. If anything, just get the smaller, quick guy. He'll try to run past people, and, you know, I mean, speed is speed is incredibly important because you can just run right by guys, and if they try to get in your way or touch you or look at you wrong, it's a penalty. Stu- just, again, that, that is the standard. If you genuinely believe this is the reason the play failed or succeeded, then throw, throw a penalty flag. But there, and I'm not talking without a shadow of a doubt. Um, I, I just, you know, if, if you just, based on your judgment, believe that. Because there are penalties where you know without a shadow of a doubt that had no impact on this play. Yeah, well, he still broke the rules. I don't freaking care. Now, if you, if you have a kick return, and this guy runs to the right, and some moron on the left side of the field blocks a guy in the back just because he has a, a brain lapse, I don't care. Well, he, he, that's a penalty. You're not allowed to do that. So what? The entire point of this 
is to not allow positive or negative plays to happen that shouldn't have happened. That has no bearing on the play. This isn't the, the legal system where we have to enforce the law because it has something to do with immorality. You did something wrong, and injustice has been done, and you must be punished. That's not what we're dealing with here. We're just trying to make sure that the game is played fairly. That guy over there wasn't going to make a tackle. He might as well not have been on the field. I don't care if his jersey got tugged, or if somebody tried to kind of throw a shoulder at his side and kind of is a little bit on his back. I'm going to throw a penalty. Dude, keep it in your pants, all right? Let the grown-ups play football. And I'm, and I'm not even necessarily talking about the Tunyon thing. Like, if, if you're looking at that saying the only reason he caught that touchdown is because he threw the defender to the ground, fine. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Then throw that penalty flag. It's the ticky-tack garbage. While letting other things go, in which I'm, I'm watching our pass rushers trying to get to the quarterback and can't because they're in a chokehold. I'm watching our defenders try to turn and make a tackle on somebody that's trying to get around the edge, and they can't turn their shoulders. And then it goes for 20 yards, and I got to listen to the announcers talk about how great these football players are. Like, you. <sighs> yeah, you just, you, you know, the, the speed they have to get to the edge is. Is it the speed or is it the holding? I don't know. I don't know. We'll leave that to the philosophers, I suppose. Um, one little note that I missed in the game, again, as I peruse through some of the notes that people took, Eric Stokes was actually pulled out of the game at one point. Uh, Packers cornerback Eric Stokes says he has no idea why he was taken out of the game to start the second quarter. Stephon Diggs caught a 26-yard touchdown against Razul Douglas, who moved outside to replace Stokes. I'll just leave it with Matt, he said, asked if it was something he said or did. He said, I don't know. They just said, Stokes, you're out. He said he went to the sideline and talked to Rich Bisaccia and calmed down. He had a good little talk. Stokes returned the next series. LaFleur said the reason for the move was just to change it up. I can't help but feel like... I mean, the fact that they pulled him and it resulted in a touchdown and they put him back out, it just makes me... It, like, did, did you pull him because he was doing stuff wrong and then you realize it's worth, worse without him and then you had to eat crow and put him back in? Because that just feels stupid. Some other bad news for the uh, Tank the Season crowd. Um, this via Matt Schneidman. The Packers currently hold the number 13 pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. Six teams are 3-5, and five, but the Packers have the last pick of the bunch because they currently have the strongest strength of schedule of the six, meaning it's going to be hard for us to even get a high pick because everybody we tie with, more than likely, um, is going to be in front of us in line. So even if we have, like, the fourth worst record, if there are five teams with that record, we're going to go from fourth to, like, ninth. So we're barely going to be even have a top 10 pick, even if we have the fourth worst record. So I don't think it usually even turns out that way, but I'm just saying. It's another, another drawback to trying to find any silver lining to anything. It's like, oh man, we're terrible, but at least we get a good pick. Well, if the season ended today, we'd have the 13th pick, which is a garbage pick. It just is. It's just that pick is trash. Um, another negative, this is Aaron Rodgers, and I'm I'm going to take it as a negative. You take it however you want, I guess, but... Aaron Rodgers, quote, we're going to have to push the ball down the field in order to win games in this league. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of evidence for that, but we've been hearing that for a long time. And again, I'm just getting 2018 flashbacks. After a game in which we ran the ball with a massive amount of success, and it is the only thing we're doing well, his takeaway is we, we should be throwing more and we need to attack down the field. I mean, that's, that's all we did today was, was run short and take shots. Um, 
I don't know, man. It's it is what it is, but it's just it just feels like there's this oversimplification in his mind. And I'm again, I'm sure he's right that that you know you you need to be able to win down the field, but that's the entire point of these defenses, right? To take that away. So what are teams doing to counter that? They're running the ball, they're taking the short shots, and they're sustaining drives down the field, and they're winning. And Rogers like, no, we got to throw into it. We just got to throw right into the storm. Too high shell, nothing. We're taking shots. That's the only way you win in this league. I don't know, dude. I'm not I'm not positive that that's correct. It just I just I just don't like it. I'm 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 exhausted with hearing it. Again, 2018 was what four years ago, and this is every week. Every week we heard McCarthy and Rogers go to the podium and say this every single time. Got to be able to drive the ball down the field, and that was the one thing that never worked. We couldn't do it. And and as much as we're all saying, stop doing that, please. It doesn't work. They go to the podium and be like, we got to do it even more. We're going to do it even harder. Yep, here we go again with this. What was your takeaway from this game in which we ran for 200 yards and averaged like 400 yards per carry? We should pass the ball more. You know, little too much, little too much short game stuff. We gotta, we gotta sling it, man. All right. Thank you for your insights. Rogers did also add, if we can get one, then the whole momentum changes. Maybe. I don't have a, a massive amount of reason to believe that. I mean, you have won one, right? You've won two. You've even won three. Why, why does a fourth win change everything? Anyways, I'm, uh, I'm actually pretty excited to get uh, Packernet After Dark underway because I really want to hear what a lot of people have to say. Um, I will continue combing through stats and information to, uh, you know, find more stats and information. Hopefully kind of round out my thoughts on things. This is more or less, even though it's next day, I, you know, saw the game, went to bed, woke up, did the podcast. Still kind of just instant reaction stuff, so I'm very wide open to uh, hearing what everybody else has to say. But we'll continue to do that, dig into stuff and whatnot. But uh, you guys have yourselves a great day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.